Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. We're studying together now in Second Peter chapter 1, and if you've missed the previous three broadcasts, then you can go get those via podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. You just go to where you usually go to find podcasts and type and type in striving for revival and you'll find us there and uh, you say how do i do that don't ask me i just know you can and you'll find all these broadcasts uh, archived there and you can listen at your leisure to these previous studies. I know some of you tell me that you use these studies for your own personal Bible study time, and uh, if that's you and you've missed one, then you might want to entertain subscribing to the podcast. That way you can take it with you to work. You can listen to it on the riding lawnmower with your headphones on, whatever. You don't have to miss. You can stay up to date with us. I hope you're having a great day today, and uh, we've been busy today preparing for a great Sunday, and I've already got Sunday morning and Sunday night sermons completed, messages completed, and uh, Got to just just study them a little bit more and pray over a little bit more. And uh, if you're a preacher, you understand this from I don't unless you're just different, but from start to actual delivery time, start of preparing the message to when I actually get in the pulpit to preach it. It's amazing how much tweaking, how much adding, how much subtract subtracting, how much God takes that message and continually conforms and molds it into the final product that uh, I'll actually deliver in the pulpit. And then even when I get in the pulpit while I'm preaching it, God's continually doing that. He tailor makes that time to meet the needs of those who are in the service. And by the way, if we really prayed and got God in on the thing, and if we have that faith and assurance we're preaching what God says, it takes a lot of pressure off of us to deliver a quote-unquote good sermon. We want to deliver a God sermon, and God will use it because God knows what the people need. So God knows what you need to say. God knows how you need to say it. God knows what you need to cut out and what you need to add in. So we just trust Jesus with it, and it's always good. You say, well, people didn't compliment that one. Well, if you preach what God wants you to do, then God accomplished his work. And every time the Word of God is preached, it does work. It's profitable. Thank God, and every time you sow that good seed, it'll 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 find a resting place. So now let's look together in Second Peter chapter number one, and Peter now gives us an injunction. He's told us to get knowledge of God. We've talked about this before. Where do you, in fact he mentions that word uh, four times here in these first six verses. Where do you get knowledge from? You get knowledge from the Bible. You find knowledge about God by reading what God has told us about himself. If you want to get to know me, you should ask me. You should talk to me. Now, you could go to my wife. She knows me better than anybody else in this world, but she still doesn't know everything about me. I mean, she can't. I don't know everything about hers. It's just impossible. Every thought that goes through her head, good night, if I ever figured that out, I'd have to write a book and make millions of dollars if I ever understood every thought that went through. Anyway, I'm going to get in trouble if I don't move on. 
But knowledge, where do you get your knowledge? You get your knowledge from the Bible. Why do we need an understanding of God? When we get an understanding of God, it enables us to please Him. It enables us to live for Him. It enables us to magnify Him, to glorify Him, to live a virtuous life in a lost and dying world. The Bible told us in verse 4 that God's given us these great and precious promises, large and costly, valuable promises. How do we get to understand the promises of God? By reading the Bible. We get the knowledge of the promise by getting knowledge of the Word, okay? And so now, Peter says, he said, get knowledge. I want you to understand your Bible. I want you to grow in grace and do that by feasting on the milk and the meat of the Word of God. And then we come to verse 5. And beside this, he said, now on top of this, there's some things I want you to do. I want you to read your Bible. I want you to get knowledge of God. I want you to have a precise accuracy understanding of who he is. Don't be like these Facebook Christians that all they know about God is what they think, what they feel, what they've heard, what they sing. But know your Bible, know your Bible, know your Bible. And beside this, giving all diligence, he said, now pay attention, put some effort in, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. So in addition to the precious promises given to us, enabling us to escape the corruption of this world, Peter says, Add this to your life. Add. He's saying, furnish your life with these things. Supply your life with these things. He says, give diligence. So he's saying, don't be lazy, don't be casual, but be fervent about this. Put some work and effort into it. Uh, Hasten, get in a hurry about it. Do these things in a hurry. Do it now. Do it without delay. He said, add virtue. Virtue. Now, that word virtue means moral excellence. For example, somebody might say, well, that's a, that's a good fellow right there. Uh, man, he's got good character. You ever heard anybody say that? He's, he, he, he's an honest man. He's upright. The Bible talked about Job being a man who skewed evil. He loved God. He was upright. He was perfect. So that's what we're talking about, virtue, virtue. That's an attribute of, uh, of godliness coming out of your life that's honest, a true report, something that's pure. He said, add. He said, I want you to add this to your faith. I want you to add virtue to your walk with God. I want you to add some holiness to your walk with God. I want you to add some character to your walk with God. I want you to add uh, some goodness to your walk with God. But not only that, he said, and the virtue, knowledge. So he's saying, I want you to add these spiritual things into your life. I want you to get a hold of that word of God and understand the promises of God so you can live a godly life, a virtuous life. And he said, that way you can get some knowledge. The, The thought here is this, knowledge in general rather, but I'm sorry, not knowledge in general, but knowledge about the things of God. Now, there's nothing wrong with you gaining knowledge in general. You ought to have a good, especially a pastor, ought to have a good understanding of a lot of things. You ought to understand history. You ought to have a little understanding of science and mathematics and geography and civics and politics. I believe all that's fine, excellent, good. I read books and study all those kind of things. Uh, some more than others. But the chief thing he's talking about here is knowledge of God, knowledge of God's Word, knowledge of who God is. We're talking about a, 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 a knowledge, a theoretical knowledge in distinction to practical knowledge. So in other words, we need to be studying to increase our knowledge and understanding of the things of God. So we get to understand God's heart. We get to understand God's attributes. We get to understand God's purpose, God's plan, God's will, what pleases God and what uh, what angers God. We want to understand all of those things. Peter said, now here's what you do. Add these to your life. 
All right, and then he goes down a little bit further. Says, and add to your knowledge temperance. That word temperance in verse number six means some discipline. Have some discipline in your life. Control yourself. Control your emotions. Control your appetites. Control your attitude. Control your feelings. Control your desire. You need to be able to control yourself. If you can't lead yourself, you can't lead anybody. So you got to get some leadership over self. You have to crucify the flesh. You have to bring it into subjection. Add this. Add it to your life. Plug it in. Plug virtue in plug knowledge in, plug temperance in. He said, then add to temperance, patience, patience. That means not just being patient in how you react, but also the sense of sticking to what you ought to do. That means being faithful. That means staying with it. That means, listen, whenever you don't see, well, the big the big uh, firework display today, don't give up on what's right. Keep doing what's right. You say, well, I don't see the payoff. You ought not be in it for the payoff. You ought to be in it because it pleases God and it's right. Be patient, stay at it, persevere, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding, faithfulness, all right? So to add to your patience, godliness, godliness. That's genuine Christianity. That's more than just outward religiosity. That is that inward holiness that comes out on the outside. It's the opposite of a form of godliness. It's the actual substance thereof. It's the characteristics of God exuded exuding from your life and the things of god being evident in your life godliness verse 7 add to your godliness he said and to godliness brotherly kindness so that's christian love right he said add to brotherly kindness the last word he says charity he said add these things to your faith all right add this to your faith virtue knowledge temperance patience godliness brotherly kindness and charity. Charity is the word for love in our Bible, but it's not just an idle word. It's an action word. It's giving of oneself for another. Genuine love focuses on others, not ourselves. So Peter's saying, live a Christian life. Here's how you do it. You incorporate these attributes to your faith, and he lists this list, and it ends with charity love displayed get knowledge where do you get knowledge the word of god why do you need to know god so you can know what pleases god what god expects of you you can live a godly life you've got to live by faith and here's what you add to strengthen your faith virtue knowledge right temperance patience godliness brotherly love and charity well that's our time for today until next time pray for revival thank you for joining us today for striving for revival with justin cooper Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.